podcast the bonus show we have the season is finished and we are desperate to talk football so we've come up with a new podcast concept um and matt is with me as always matt how are you very well thank you patch yeah yeah very well now you've sorted out my it issues yeah you're all good you're ready to go um someone must have been playing with your knobs and yes (laughs) seems to have been the case yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh dear but uh, yeah we were looking for some ideas and um as as you'll know from listening in the past um andy hall has been on as a guest and Mm. he hosts the bang bang podcast which is a wrestling podcast brilliant um matt is a big fan never miss it yeah never miss it i love it especially the giant haystacks podcast yeah big daddy yeah Yeah. mick mcmanus yeah absolutely absolutely but um Andy's podcast, basically what the concept at the moment is, he gets people to come on, pick a pay-per-view, and that's something like WrestleMania, Matt, for, for your ears. Oh, thank you. Yep. Um, and they talk about the, the pay-per-view, but also talk about the top 10 from that particular weekend. So basically, we are ripping that off, um, but I thought, who can we get on for the first episode of this? And it's Andy himself. Andy, come in, sir. Thank you very much. I mean, it's only right if you're going to rip me off to have you <laughs> on for this episode, isn't it, really? In, in, the, in the wrestling business, we call it a gimmick infringement. Is that what it's yeah. called? Oh, and Matt, you know, you're going to have to come on one week to talk about... Uh, uh, mate, I'd love to. Kendo Nagasaki or something yeah, like that. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Cat Weasel. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see the reaction from your listeners, your your um, avid <laughs> wrestling listeners. <laughs> The thing is, I, so when I when I was a nipper, I am talking sort of probably from five up till I really fanged football and was going regularly. I would go down my nans on a Saturday afternoon and World of Sport had the wrestling on it. I don't know if it was four o'clock, but it felt like four o'clock. So yeah, we genuinely would sit in front of the TV and would absolutely love that old school Mick McManus, Cat Weasel, like I said, Kendo Nakasaki. Uh, yeah, it's all, fantastic. All the greats. All the, all greats. the greats. Yeah, all the greats. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, obviously, the young ones won't understand that back in those days, it wasn't a soccer AM, was there? So no, no, no. You, or a um, sort of, uh, what is it? Uh, soccer Saturday with Jeff Stelling. Yeah, so. it was uh, St. Chris's face. No, it was, um, oh, his name's completely gone out of my head. De- Dickie Davis. Dickie Davis. I was going to say Des Lineham then because he reminded <laughs> me. But Dickie Davis and literally, Patch, used to have a Vidi printer that would come through oh, with I like the, up, vid- the, up, the updates. Printer. And you'd be sat there waiting, and then you'd have um, James Alexander Gordon would then do the results. Um, Was yes. he the very posh one? Very posh, yes, yeah. yeah. East Fife, five, four, <laughs> five, four. Classic, <laughs> classic. So, so basically the format of this podcast is we're going to talk about the game that Andy's chosen, which we'll come on to in a second. Then we're going to go through the, the top 10 from that weekend. So we're going back to Friday, the 9th of May, 1986. And the game is Bristol City versus Hereford. It's the second leg. Um, and City are 2-0 down going into this game. Uh, but uh, first of all, Andy, tell us why you chose this game. Well, my first year of uh, that I can remember watching City was the season previous to this so that i think it was our first year back up into what is league one um and then we'll, this we'll is... talk let's talk in tiers so okay. we're talking tier right. three i guess tier three so the old the old third division so it was oh yeah we got promoted from the fourth um and this is probably the 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 game that sticks out the most to me in that sort of first couple of years obviously this is the season after that 
um, there's a couple of games in that season. I think it was our first derby against Rovers for a few years, which we won 3 0 in that season. I can remember that because it was the first time I'd ever seen people fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Not on TV, not wearing spandex, but chucking uh, bits of wood at each other. Um, But yeah, but this game, yeah, was it just, it was just, I'll never forget this match because it was absolutely nuts. So my first and, um, question is, Matt, were you there? I was there. I was in the East End. Okay. Um, I would have been 16. And I remember going with a group of group of friends from school, one of whom um, a lady called Lady Now, but a girl at the time, um, Debbie Stevens, um, Deborah Fay now, who has a massive, massive crush still to this day on Alan Walsh. Wow. And I always remember being in the East End. And in those days, you had the barriers in front. And it was a situation where you would, literally move forward by 10 12 steps when something big happened and i always remember being stood there that game in particular and, and sort of protecting debbie and others that were around me so yeah okay well yeah you, men- you mentioned alan walsh i may mm. have a little bit of uh an interview with alan walsh in ah, a minute, nice touch on the podcast so uh before we get to that andy where were you sat so I was sat up in the Dolman. We used to have a season ticket in the Dolman at this point, me and the old man. I actually went to the, I don't know if Matt went to the first leg. I went to the first I leg didn't. as well. No, I didn't. Um, and obviously we lost that too, though. But that, I've mentioned on the podcast a few times, we were up in the stand. I, bit, I went to Hereford quite a few times as a kid, and we were just to stand behind the goal. I think because there was probably a lot of us that day, we had a, a bit in the stand as well. And um, my old man had a, had a false tough. And he was, we were probably halfway up the stand and he was shouting some abuse, probably the linesman or one of our players because we were two or down. And this false stuff came out and went down <laughs> probably four or five blocks of stairs. And he got, past, yeah, he got passed back up, passed Brilliant. back up, passed back up. And he put it straight back in his mouth. Brilliant. I love that. <laughs> Obviously pre-COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And dental hygiene, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Let's Brilliant. quickly uh, we'll we'll run through the starting lineup um, just for purposes of a bit of fun. We'll start with Andy, and then we'll go to Matt and back to Andy. And you've got to give me a name, and I'll tell you whether you're still in the game or not. Right, okay. Oof. Andy, you're up first. I'll, I'll, I'll we'll go in order then. So I'll go with Keith Wolf. Keith, Keith Wolf. Keith Wolf. Keith Wolf. Yep. Yeah, Matt. Uh, I'll go Glim Riley. Glim Riley. Yep. <laughs> uh, David Moyes. Correct. Howard Pritchard. Correct. I'm trying to be clever, but I'm not going to be clever. I'd say Steve Neville. Oh. Okay, Steve Neville, yep. Um, Keith Curl. Yep. Uh, Bobby Hutchinson. Correct. You've already mentioned this one person's name. Oh, yeah, Walshy. Yep. yep. <laughs> How many have we got left? Uh, three or four. Three or four. Brian Williams? Uh, yes. Did we say Rob uh... Newman? I don't know. We did say Rob Newman. Oh, I didn't no. say Rob Newman. No, so I didn't say Rob I'm, Newman. I'm, I'm, I'm taking Rob Newman then. Yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> Rob Newman. Thanks, Ant. <laughs> so I've got two left. Who played in midfield with Bobby Hutchinson? Uh, was it David Harrell? Oh, David Harrell. That great. is a hell of a oh. show. That is a hell of a show. That is well, brilliant. Yeah. Back in those days, we had, we had a squad of about 14 players. So Keith Woff, Rob Newman, Brian Williams, Keith Curl, David Moyes, David Harl, Howard Pritchard. Yeah, we said that. Yeah, oh, okay. Matt said that. Bobby Hutchinson. Yeah, yeah, we said that. Yeah, okay, we've done then. Stevie Neville, Glim Riley and Alan Welsh. Substitutes? Is that, or is that, that, bridge, is that a bridge too far? Was there only one sub we could have then? Got we two, two. two subs. Two. Was Gary Marshall on the bench? Yep, Gary Marshall. 
was that other shout as well? I can't think of that. That's the entire squad. I can't think of anybody else left. And Andy Llewellyn. <laughs> was he Louis? Was oh, he? wow, yeah. 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 Uh, manager, obviously, Terry Cooper. Yep. Um, the Do you want a linesman in the ref? Or the... <laughs> I, got the, I got the referee's name, <laughs> if you want to re- know that. Ray <laughs> no. Lewis. Ray Lewis mm-hmm. was the referee. Um, the attendance. Do you want to poke a, a finger in the air on that one? Uh, I don't think it was massive. They didn't bring many. It felt no. like it was probably big, but probably in those days, 7,000 maybe. Okay, higher yeah. or lower, Andy? I'll go slightly higher. Okay, 11,000. Was it? Yeah. Of course, it's such a big big game, wasn't it, for what it was? Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, so on this game, we've actually got um, the highlights, a four-minute highlight video. So what I'm going to do is play that. Obviously, people will will be able to hear that, and we'll stop it now and again, and we'll just have a little chat about what we're what we're looking at. So um, I'm going to just share that on the screen, and let's go. Bristol City knew they had to score three Ian times. Oh no, yeah. United knew they could Shut concede <laughs> one goal, but no more. It was a night of all or nothing for Bristol City, and it was little wonder that Terrific manager Terry footage. Cooper had told his players. This is your great chance to reach Wembley. It's all down to you. Yeah, doesn't look very busy, does it? No. That must be in the away end. Yeah, that's the away end. Yeah, in the old open end. Do you miss the old open end? Crackers corner. So expectation visually. amongst the crowd, and as the kickoffs got the game underway, well, I suspect many Bristol City fans thought if we could win this, it would be. Look at Glenn Riley's hair bobbing up and down now. That's just how I had money. Certainly, Hereford had one of the best defensive records at home, but one of the worst away. And City knew they had to throw caution to the wind. Attack, attack, attack. City had their chances in the first half. Oh, she... Cross. His cross going across the penalty area, no one getting their foot to it. Left a bit on him then. Sorry, Sorry Ray. <laughs> Walsh a shot. Walsh Great with strike. a canning shot. Pritchard unable to drive it. Pause it there. Have you ever seen anyone hit a ball with their left foot better than Alan Walsh? No. No. Uh, but, uh, maybe Antoine in Fulham away. But, <laughs> but consist, consistently, um, he just seemed to get it with so much power, and didn't he, back in the day? Yeah, yeah there was that, that first season I remember going to, there was two or three free kicks where he did it so hard and the keeper would save it and it would go in yeah. almost through the keeper. Yeah. <laughs> it, no. it sounds, I mean, it's probably pretty crap goalkeeping, to be honest, but it's, it's just the power was... We'll see some crap what, goalkeeping in a minute, but carry well, on. Yeah, when, yeah. Was, when was the last time we had a player that when they stood over a ball, you thought something's going to happen here? And you used to do that all the time with Walshy. Maybe Mickey Bell, probably Darren Barnard as well, to an extent. But mm. with Walshy, you... Consistency, I mean, wouldn't it? Just you, I can't, you can't recall them going over the bar and hitting the wall, and it always seemed to work the keeper, didn't it? Yeah, no, good yeah. Point. There you are. Hereford, how did he miss that? Too. Yeah, chance to end the tie there. Yeah, Pritchard. Pritchard is brought down here so That's... nearly. 
costing him a that's great a penalty. Penalty. That's a stone wall, isn't it? It was only rectified just three days before that fateful trip to North London. Patch, just pause it there. Is it a fateful trip if you win? Yeah, that, that was a bit... I couldn't understand what he was getting there with that. Yeah. Surely no. fate, fateful is a negative, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well done, Ian. Just, uh, yeah, just that, that glorious yeah. trip. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Football's great in the 80s, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a then in the second reason. half, the deadlock was broken. So the the first half was goalless, Andy. Um, mm. we're, I think we're now into the, what are we now into? The 66th minute, I think. Yeah, it, it, it was quite late when we scored the first goal. Uh, 62nd minute. 62 minutes, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, at this point, you must have been thinking, are we going to get enough goals? Well, we all seem to do well attacking the East End, even then. So it was kind of that second half, you know, if we won the toss, we'd always kick towards the East End in the second half. Mm. Uh, you have to remember, they were in the fourth division, in the fourth tier, Hereford. Yeah. They weren't in the third division. So yeah, really, true. we should have been favourites to to beat them. And we were, we were pretty, I think we finished not far outside um, the top. We finished like sort of fifth or sixth this season. First season back, we finished... This is before the playoffs, yeah. Mm. So it was only the top three that went up. So we were a, a decent sort of third tier side. So, but it, like you said, in that first half, it was probably 50 50 in, in terms of chances between the two teams. So it was one of those, you know, once we got one, you could feel the sort of momentum shift. And yeah, so 62nd minute, Walshie picks the ball up on the left. Great cross. <laughs> minor, a minor pitch invasion. It's a glim oh, riding yeah. header. Keeper's um, had a beast though, hasn't he? And yeah, it's whether he's got a little bit of um, brill cream on the ball or something yeah. from the head. But uh, yeah, the keeper keeper should have nightmares about that one, Matt. Yeah, I mean, you look you look at the pitch. To be fair, I mean, the, the goal. Well, in fact, the whole goal mouth and then up to the the area in that line of the penalty spot is just mud, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe he's expecting more of a bounce or, but oh, I love Glyn Riley. Glyn Riley was my, Paul Cheesley was probably my first hero um, along with Gowie, but Glyn Riley was the player that I absolutely, if I was out in the, the field with the kids, you know, playing, or my mates rather, rather than the kids, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I always wanted to be Glyn Riley. Um, yeah. And I have, I have my hair permed when I was oh, 12. Oh, God. Can we get 12, a picture of that? Oh, mate, honestly, 12 or 13, I had my hair permed. And the whole thing, and my mum was a hairdresser, was I had to have that Glyn, <laughs> that Glyn Riley bounce when you moved. I had to bounce up and down. So, yeah, I loved right. Glyn Riley. Oh, he was great. And like the year after, I think he didn't play as much. Yeah. Uh, he had a lot of injuries. Then at Wembley against Mansfield, yeah. I don't think he started. And they brought him on when we were 1-0 down. And he got an equaliser like... Yeah. Right at the yeah. very end. And it was like, yeah, yeah he's just uh, just a hero. Oh, he's brilliant. All right, let's, uh, let's move on. So 2-1 on aggregate to Hereford. City needed another goal. Four minutes later, Howard Pritchard picks the ball up on the edge of the 18-yard box. It came from this Pritchard cross. Home goal. Cross comes shot, deflected yeah. in, Andy. What do you remember about that one? Oh, get it in the, get it in that area in the six yard box, whip it in, and uh, 
But I mean, if you look at our pitch now, that is this is what the beginning of May. Mm-hmm. And you think now the way pitches look at the end of the season, they look kind of pristine, don't they? Yeah. But and, this is and, and with rugby being played on ours as well. It's unbelievable, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But in this in this time period, from the the penalty area to the six yard box up to the halfway line, to it looks like someone just been running left and down the yeah, pitch continuously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So six, 66 minutes gone, Andy. It's 2-2. Obviously, yeah. uh, you know, a good 24 minutes left. You think they're bound to get a third one, but uh, unfortunately Yeah. Not. If anything, it, it turns then, if I remember rightly, and they had the, the better had, chances. Didn't they hit the crossbar? Oh, yeah. yeah. Come on to I that see now. that, yeah. Great reaction. To Another mini pitch invasion. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Hereford hit the woodwork. That would have put City out of the trophy. Yeah. And it was all Hereford. Great save. As we came to the 90 minute coming up. So it had to be decided in extra time. No goals in the first 15 minutes, but then this. Neville scores three two to City. Well, I've I've I wasn't at the game because I was only yeah. five, but I I remember watching that goal. You know, yeah, over the years, the number of times I've watched that VHS of the City Bolton game. But what great flick back from Bobby Hutchinson, and what great composure from Stevie Neville. I think it was the first time I'd ever seen him and dummy the ball, <laughs> to be honest. He, he, I mean, he, he he really was a top, top striker, Steve Neville. He did it. He did it. I'm trying to think. Did we sign him from Exeter? Yeah, he did, and he, yeah. And I got yeah. a feeling he went back to Exeter mm. as well. But but what a player. Scored some great goals. Um, and, and you mentioned their patch, Bobby Hutchinson. Bobby Hutchinson's a, another player that's got a hero status from sort of our era. Yeah, because he was such a good player, but probably doesn't get anywhere near the credit for how good a player he was and captain as well. So we go on. Um, obviously, that was the hundred nineteenth minute. That one, that okay. uh, that goal from Stevie Neville. Um, and there's a great scene where they're all in the bath singing. We're all pissed up, and we're going <laughs> yeah. to Wembley. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll put that YouTube clip up for people to watch, but. Um, I'm just going to play the uh, the clip now from uh, my conversation earlier today with the legend that is Alan Walsh. See what he's got to say about it. Okay, so as this is the first episode of our Bristol City Memories podcast, um, we thought we'd make it extra special and get one of the players on from the game. So, Alan Walsh, come in, sir. How are you? Yeah, fine. Thanks, Pat. You? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so, I want to take you back to the 9th of May 1986. It was uh, Ashton Gate, the second leg of the Freight Rover Trophy, and uh, we were two 0 down. Had to get three goals to go through for Bristol City's first ever trip to Wembley. So, I guess before we get into the match, what do you remember about the day? Was it uh, nervousness, excitement? Uh, we well, a little bit of everything, patch really, but. We had a point a point to prove because obviously the first leg at Hereford, although Hereford were a division below, as so we knew they were they were a good footballing team, and we went there thinking that uh, let's put on a good show, and um, we had chances there, but unfortunately we lost two 0 and um, 
Terry Cooper, after the game, said, well, that's it. You've blown your chances of uh, getting to Wembley. Um, like it, he, he wasn't he wasn't angry or anything. It was just it was it was disappointment, really, than anger. Thought we'd sort of we've blown it and it's going to take it's going to take a lot to try and to get to Wembley in the home leg. Yeah, but uh, the players, the players all thought because we we did we did we didn't play that bad at Hereford. It was I think it was more them playing excelling on the night than us playing badly. And we knew that we, the players ourselves, knew that we we could we could re- overturn the deficit. Uh, and like you say, um, that day the build up to it and everything, uh, yeah, nervous excitement uh but we knew we had to we had to go out on the front foot and put them on the back foot at the start of the game and i think we did we did that and uh but it took us a while to score the first goal i think it was second half we scored the first first yeah goal. so the it first was, half uh, the first half was uh was goalless um but at the 62nd minute it was the glim riley goal which was a uh, an assist from yourself yeah, it was it was a cross in the box. Um, I think it might have been Steve Neville challenged uh, one of their centre halves, and the ball sort of spun off the centre half head and sort of going towards the corner flag. Um, so, so I chased the ball to the corner flag, so I got it under control and crossed it. Uh, and Glyn Riley uh, got his got his head on it in the box. But uh, what I mean, it was like the typical what they tell you. If, Strikers head head the ball down, and he headed the ball down, and really the keeper should have saved it. Really, it wasn't a powerful header, but thankfully the keeper made a a bit of a gaff and uh, <laughs> squeezed through his his hands and into. I don't think he even didn't reach the back of the net. <laughs> but you've got uh, to get get it and, uh, get it on get it on target, and you've got a chance of scoring, haven't you? That's right. Yeah, yeah. So you I mean yeah. And then a couple of minutes later, obviously the tails were up, the crowd were up for it, um, you know, sniffing, sniffing blood. And it was two minutes later that Howard Pritchard's shot was deflected in for an own goal. Yeah, obviously the build-up, the pitch got it sort of out, sort of not wide on the right. He sort of he was inside a little bit, and he came inside, and uh, was probably the edge of the box, and he's had a shot, and it was. I mean, it was going. I think the, the shot was was going pretty well wide <laughs> until the Hereford defender stuck his leg out and it's come off the and flew into the back of the net. Yeah. Um, and obviously the the crowd then, as the the crowd came on the pitch and uh, <laughs> our tails were up and we were thinking, oh, we we could go and win this in in normal time now. Uh, but unfortunately, we didn't. And and Hereford came back at us a little bit, and I remember them having a great shot. Uh, uh, from outside the box, and it sort of beat Keith Wolf, and he dived and hit the crossbar. And he, as he turned round to see where the ball had gone, it just landed in his hands. Yeah, that was, um, <laughs> was a that bit, was... bit of a let off for us. Absolutely, yeah. We saw, uh, we, we know he hit the bar, and then there was a great save as well towards the end. Yeah, from Keith Wolf in the in the top corner to pull it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so so we get so, into extra time, um, and pretty much for the whole half an hour, no goals, and then the winner comes in the hundred nineteenth minute from Stevie Neville, and it was great composure, wasn't it, to, to oh, be able to find that slot? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, there was a uh, it must have been a corner because I find I found myself out on the right, and uh, I think I took a corner, came back out, 
uh, I got it under control and I crossed it. And I remember now the cross was uh, usually from that. If I was crossing it from that side, it'd be probably an in-swinger. But I, did, I just didn't catch it right. And the ball was going away from the goal. And Bobby Hutchinson sort of, he had to go back a little bit, headed forward. And he got, went back, headed it forward. And he found Steve Neville who controlled it, uh, got it under control, turned, defender come in, he shimmied, dropped his shoulder, goalkeeper come out and he just slotted it in the in the bottom corner. Well, that was it. The place was in uproar. Fantastic. What, what <laughs> the a fans great were on time. the pitch. What a great yeah. time to score. Um, but, yeah. to send, to send they couldn't and... come back. They couldn't come back from that at that time. You know what I mean? It was nah. probably had time to take kickoff, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and on the, on the YouTube clip, which is uh, we'll we'll put um, on on Twitter when we post this at three p i a p c on Twitter. There's a great clip at the end of you all in the bath singing. We're all pissed up and we're coming to Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't get scenes like that now in the in a communal bath, I don't think. But um, no. yeah, what what a great time and what a great night you must have had. Yeah, it was. I mean. It's- the typical sort of Ashton Gate pitch invasion when the final whistle went. You know, I mean, the sort of although there was nearly twelve thousand in there, it seemed like there was like twenty thousand people on the pitch. <laughs> what do you, how, how do you feel? How do you feel about those? You know that. How did you feel at the time? Were you uh, just elated? Were you concerned that you're going to get mobbed? I often wonder how players feel about those sorts of pitch invasions. Yeah, but sometimes it's um, it's a bit claustrophobic because everybody's <laughs> coming onto the pitch and everybody you're you're in the middle and everybody around you is coming in and it's sort of like it's the the pressure's getting a little, a little bit tenser yeah. and tenser and it's pressure's on you and thing. But you know, I mean that it makes a difference when everybody's happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you're running on the yeah. pitch at the end of a season. Uh, yeah. for different reasons obviously it's um it's a different one but uh yeah fantastic um alan thanks so much for for coming on the podcast to talk us through that and i'm sure at some point in the near future someone will pick the wembley game um so we'll get you back on for your thoughts on that one but uh okay. in in short in short send in bristol city for the first time to wembley after only four years after 1982 when you know the ashton gate eight tore up their contracts when we were sort of on our way back up now if you like in 1986 that must have been massive for the fans and for you as players to get to wembley yeah well it was because not only was bristol city's first time at wembley i think it was definitely my first time at wembley and i'm sure uh a lot of the players it was their first time not just to not just to play there actually to go there as right. and, and and sample you mean we went there before the game and trained on the friday before the game and that was that was fantastic you know just the atmosphere of the place you know what i mean Brilliant. so it was uh yeah i love it i love it thank you so much alan and um we'll be seeing you next season at ashton gate as one of the ambassadors for the former players association so we're looking forward to catching up um on that but uh, for now thanks for joining us alan and uh, have a great day thanks bud same to you what a legend matt he's, he's just a lovely bloke isn't he andy the nice little surprise for you there you pick the game i i get alan walsh on for you oh yes yeah, it's a uh... An honour to be on the same show as Alan Walsh, obviously as well as as well as Matt and you guys, you as well. But, uh, mostly, mostly Alan Walsh. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I never just got back to that game. It was a Friday night as well, which wasn't very common in those days. On a Friday night game, I think it probably the latest I've been up. I mean, because it was <laughs> it went to extra time as well. So yeah, it's gone. Course. Obviously, long gone ten o'clock by the time the game yeah. finished. Yeah, I wonder why so, it was Friday night. Yeah, yeah, because the first leg was on the Tuesday. I think it was all in the same week. It was the same week, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was a strange one, but mm, yeah. Andy, any um, quick stories from you from uh, reunions or anything like that you want to share? Oh well, so I went to the um, the 25th anniversary of Wembley in I think 2011. City did a thing it, it, again. It's different to these days. It wasn't particularly well publicised, and it was. I think it was in the room above the the old uh, Williams stand. Plus, where um, I've well, might maybe Patrick put the picture up of me in. Uh, it looks like I'm holding David Moyes hostage. There's a picture of me <laughs> and Moyes together, but they're all there. Um, I tried, Keith Woff was there, and uh, Bobby Hutchinson was there. Moisey, uh, Bob Newman, Keith Curl, uh, Walshy, obviously. I can't remember if Glenn Roy was there or not. I don't. Were you there? Did you go to that, Matt? Yeah, I, I think I did. Yeah, yeah. I think I did. The, what was the sort of format? Was it a? It was a dinner, and um, right, uh, right, okay. We got like a, a, a special souvenir program as well, which I'm holding up to the screen for you listeners at home, which is very helpful. Very nice. Um, and I think it was Richard Latham was there as well. Did yeah, a little he was. speech and yeah, Brilliant. but all all those guys are again apart from I think Rob Newman at that point was. Obviously, Moise was Everton manager at that point. Rob Newman was, I'm not sure he still does scouting, doesn't he? But he's, he's, he's now yeah. in uh, West Ham. He was, where was yeah. it before? Was um, it Man City? Man City. Before, I think. Yeah, yeah, Man City. Well, yeah. I've, I've bored Patch before, but on my 18th, which was two years after this, um, David Moyes, Walshy, Rob Newman, um, who else? There was another one as well. All came to my 18th at the White Hart Pub in Bevanster. Oh, wow. Bobby Hutch used to live above a butcher's and Rob Newman in St. John's Lane. Yeah. Podson's and um, Tony was a friend of my mum's and uh, yeah, brought them all along to my 18th. So oh, yeah, man. I didn't know that story. Did you not? I thought yeah. I told you that before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. class. D- D- David Moyes came to my 18th. Yeah. My my 18th birthday party was at Central Chambers. <laughs> was it? Um, before it was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. I said the patch earlier about the, um, in those days, like my old man was quite heavily involved with the supporters club and stuff. Mm. And we always used to go to the end of season to do, which would be like after the last home game of the season, we'd just be in the supporters club above the, um, by the Williams. On the corner, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on the corner, corner, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where the ticket office used to be in in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the players would be in there steamed, like absolutely hammered. I remember (laughs) being on Bob Taylor's shoulders and things like that, even in later years after this. But it was, and it was such a, now to the sort of younger listeners, they won't believe what a tight knit small club it was back then. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's about I, ten people running the club. Yeah. Beryl and the guy John used to run the Junior Reds and that sort of thing. And John Banks, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah sadly um, passed away. Um, and right everybody, there. everybody knew everybody, really, even including the yeah. players. And yeah, great times. Uh, it was fantastic times. Um, yeah, my first game was probably around '87, I think. I do uh, remember as well that when the final whistle went, they had fencing up in the East End. Oh, and did we, they? we climbed over the fencing. Of course, yeah, of course they did. Yeah, there would have been, um, yeah. Yeah, and we climbed over the fencing to get on the pitch. So I, I, I hold my hand up to say I was one of those pitch invaders oh, as well Matt. at the time. I think um, I was down. My yeah. old man would have dragged me on. 
Yeah, yeah. The, the players weren't on there with their small babies and, and no, ch- children no. at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no. Um, I mean, my just, old man was in tears at the end of that. I think because again, he'd been through. He was probably in his what late thirties then. Yeah. So same as you, Matt. Probably you, you'd experienced. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, and, yeah, yeah. I'm an emotional guy, but none of that got me. The first first time I can genuinely remember crying at a football game was that yeah. man's that Mansfield game you referenced, and I, I can remember. Oh, yeah. As we were entering, like close to injury time, genuinely, I stood there and was praying. I remember yeah. praying, and I subsequently, that's why I got caught on Sky yeah, years Sky later. Sports have caught you. Yeah. Yeah. Genuinely, because I remember praying, and when Glenn Riley was coming on, said, I'm praying for a goal, and Glenn Riley scored. And from that yeah. point, I thought there was some kind of divine intervention, which is why you had me praying in the playoff game that time. Yeah. So, yeah. Did it a few yeah. times. I think the first time I cried, I think I was a bit upset that the first time I really cried was the uh, the Rovers game at uh, Twerton, the end of season or three nil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the I cried my eyes out. Yeah, yeah. I, wow. I got I've said to play. I got him and just ch- took my shirt off, threw it in the corner of the room. My mum said, "All right." I went, "I'm never going again." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then then Northampton won the game that they won or got beat or whatever it was, and we got promoted. So it was all good. So yeah. brilliant. Oh, I love it. Uh, just just a bit of a plug. Um, episode 160 of Three Peeps in a Podcast, the original show, an audience with Alan Walsh. We oh, brilliant. Through, oh, okay. We walked through his career. You were there, Matt. Oh, that that one. Sorry, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was one that was, yeah. No, oh, Matt's like, oh, brilliant. I must listen to that. Yeah, you, you were there. <laughs> it's stake of the art. And, and again, and I'm not going to make any apology for it, what a genuinely lovely guy. He just had time for everybody, didn't he? Yeah. And in fact, I think he even ended up, yeah, he was one of the last to go, Patch. He walked out with us, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And Alan, and, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Now, I mean, the, it's uh, testament to the guy that he's gone on and worked for Rovers and stuff, and nobody... Nobody no cares today. Nobody cares. Yeah, he's back at he's back at City as well, doing coaching and yeah, and whatever else. So yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Alan, again for uh, for coming on. Right, let's get on to the music. Whatever the bit that everyone's been waiting for. So we're we're going to go through the top ten from the weekend of uh, what was the date again? The 9th of May. Ninth of May. Yeah. Ninth of May. So Matt, you would how would you? Matt, you would have been... I would have been 16. Uh, well, no, 9th of May, 86, I would have been 15, 16 so in the July. You wouldn't you wouldn't quite have been Dane. I'm not sure what the nightclubs were in No, in I wasn't. I no. I, I my first nightclub experience was Busby's um, yeah. down at Redcliffe. Um, and yeah. that would have been when I was in sixth form, 17, I guess. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I, I was five and I, I know quite a few of these tracks, which is uh, quite impressive, right. I think. So uh, okay. let's go straight in with, uh, with number 10. <laughs> Yeah, so Whitney Houston, the greatest, greatest love, love of all. all. What a, what a track! Who had the original? George Benson. Oh, oh come Benson. on, Patch. Who was it? Pass. <laughs> I'll have to Google it. Patch won't know. Absolutely pass. Shame, shameless plug for my trip to Los Angeles, but I actually uh, went past the hotel that Whitney Houston died in. Okay, oh. moving on. Right, <laughs> yeah. uh, n- number nine, one of my favourites of all time. Actually, not a fan of uh, Queen, Andy. No, I don't know. I mean. <laughs> I, I mean, I first knew Queen again in this sort of time period. I'm, my first memory of Queen is a video where they're all dressed up as women. And um, Break free, Break yeah. Free, yeah. <clears throat> I, I um, bought, I bought that. It's kind of Magic Live album when I was in sixth form. Um, wow. And I wasn't a massive Queen fan, but that that track patch, like you said, amazing. Yeah. Um, and I loved Flash as well. <laughs> oh wow! Flash. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So I think my so. 
one of the one of the CDs my dad would always play when I was young was I think it was Queen Greatest Hits one two was and it? three yeah. or something like that. But yeah, uh, yeah always been a big. And, and I, I said to you, I, I really like Adam Lambert, and I thought the Jubilee yeah. show was spectacular. But it also made me appreciate just how good Freddie Mercury was, because Adam Lambert's a really really good singer, but can hold a torch to Freddie Mercury the way that Freddie no, Mercury And I, I think he purposely tries and he would, not he would to. Me- yeah, absolutely. He's got his, his style on it, isn't he? But, yeah. No, I definitely yeah. want to... I, I want to get along and, and watch Queen and Adam Lambert yeah. at some point. There's, hopefully yeah. they'll... Who knows? If, you, if you're listening, Mark Kelly, get on the phone to Queen and get it sorted for, for next season, please. Yeah. That'd be lovely. Um, right. this the, the bangers keep on coming. Number eight. I like to see the occasion. Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Gay. Yeah. Heard it yeah. through the grapevine. You know. Yeah. So we've had four, three songs so far, and yeah, they're they're all up there, aren't they? No well, obscure ones at all. Just no. abs- absolute classic bangers, but from artists who were at the top of their game. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, Lo- going downhill slightly now, in my opinion. Um, number seven. Yeah, can't wait another minute by Five Star. Uh, yeah, uh, can you tell me anything about them? Because I've never heard of them. Oh, they were family. Uh, weren't they? Family, yeah, yeah, yeah family. Oh, wow. Okay, right. Um, okay, so we've done ten, nine, eight, seven. We're on to number six now. Um, I definitely know the artist, but I don't recognise the name of the track. Here we go. Okay, no. George Michael. Obviously. So when did he? When did he go single from Wham? Couldn't have been much before that. Well, when was that- Careless Whisper? Was before this one? That was his big yeah, first. That was his- it must have been uh, pro- probably 84, 85. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's probably not that long. That must have been a fairly um, early single for him. Yeah. Yeah. No, Faith as well. When the Faith was, I'm not sure when Faith was. Yeah. It's got Faith to be later been... than 86. Faith was. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that was quite. That have a look on... someone because I'm, I'm going to have, have a, I'm, I'll Google it as we speak. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of his debut tracks when he went um, solo. What, a different corner or a faith? A different corner. Mm-hmm. Dead air. <laughs> Guys, we're all right, we'll, move, we'll, we'll move on. George, we'll George Michael's yeah. solo career. Yeah. So, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. We're on to number five now. Um, uh, I definitely recognise the artist, but let's uh, let's see. They never heard that song before in my I life. Mean, I used to have a jump Oh, my Janet God! <laughs> yeah. that's, that's one of Janet Jackson's, I mean, obviously early hits, but one of her biggest hits. Yeah, yeah, I think our biggest hit was uh, halftime in the Super Bowl. Hey. There was a there was a clothes shop in Staple Hill, and he used to do like she went there, was she? Clothes, yeah, she opened it, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but I remember having a um, there's a school photo of me in, and I've got uh, like a thriller Michael Jackson jumper on, and it's got like the as he's as he's changing the sort of free on a, on a, just on the just like printed on a, on a plain grey jumper. Right. I'm pretty sure I had a Janet Jackson jumper as well. So awesome. yeah. very nice. Yeah. So, so they 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 split up in the spring of '86. Oh, there we go. Okay. Car- Careless Whisper was his first solo single, followed by Different Corner, okay. and then I knew you were waiting. So yeah. Oh, that's a banger as well. Isn't it? There we are then. Right, moving on to number four. Yeah, on my you own. You that, Phyllis um, Nelson. So this was the one that I couldn't find the original. This is the party time karaoke version. Phyllis Nelson. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. Oh, no, it's yeah. Michael McDonald and somebody, wasn't it? This Michael was, McDonald's, yeah. It, I think Michael McDonald's voice comes into it a bit later on. Oh, yeah, you are right. Yeah, yeah, you are. Michael um, McDonald and someone else. Um, Steve McDonald. Patty, Patty LaBelle. LaBelle. Patty LaBelle. Patty LaBelle, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Right, number three, Lessons in Love by Level 42. 
Brilliant. Do you know level four, Do you know level forty two patch? I definitely know the song. So definitely Google, know the song. Google Google level forty two and Mark King, the lead singer and bass player, but plays Played a guitar. Played up from Bristol City, did he? But, but plays a guitar <laughs> almost up here and just sort of strums it. It's like a really unusual accent. Oh, uh, accent. Um, where accent. it's in it, not accent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. And there's a guy in the band who used to look a lot like Chris Hutton. Okay. Let's Google that as well. When Chris Hutton used to play. I'll yeah. tell you what, this is the first thing I'm going to do when I finish this podcast is Google Lever 42. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. Right. That was number three. Number two. But, well, yeah, not, yeah. not one of Madonna's more popular hits, but I, yeah, I've, I def- definitely heard it. So number one, Matt, any, uh, any premonitions, any guesses? Oh, 86. Summer 86. I'll give you a clue. Um, there was a player who played for QPR with a sort of a, a, a European name, and that is the name of the artist. I, I know who it is. Who is it? Rock me, Amadeus. Correct. Now, this is amazing. I had this on 12-inch. I love this song. Uh, no, it's, it's brilliant. I, I used to be able to sing a bit of it. Oh, God. <laughs> Save that uh, for an away trip. Yeah, I've had an yeah. I've had an excellent day. Yeah. I, I mean, and that was that bit. I am a roll from a rocky doll. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I, Absolutely I said loved he, it. He died so, recently. He died in 1998. He died. So not did he? Quite recently, uh, yeah. seems, seems recent. Christ, it, does. it does. I wouldn't have said yeah. that. Yeah. So what is, what is Amadeus? Uh, well, I think it was based on the composer, Amadeus. Yeah. Right. Okay. Amadeus. Amadeus Mozart. Was it Amadeus Mozart? Yeah. But yeah, um, I'm gonna have to Google this. I'm gonna have to surprise you. Your lack of culture, Pat. I'm gonna have to Google the lyrics. Um, Well, it started really well. I like. I preferred the 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 six to ten rather than the five to one. To be honest, in this top ten. Yeah. See, I I mean, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Er war ein Punker und ein Liebet in der Grünstadt. It's all it's all in. I mean, that's the thing. It's all in. I guess what German? I don't know. That's yeah. Was um, he Germany? I think he was he. Let's have a look, shall we? Or was he Austrian or Austrian? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, German really. Um, yeah. Right, guys, I'm going to bring this to a close before it <laughs> descends into madness. The basic concept is go. the suggestion that Mozart was the rock and roll rebel of his day. There yeah. we are, and yeah. that is blockbusters. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, um, thanks so much for coming on. Um, it's it's. Uh, We've been looking for something. We're, we're lost. He's, he's missed me, and He's missed me. He phoned, I phoned, I think, yeah. <laughs> he phoned I, me I, Sunday. I phoned him Sunday morning and just said, we usually speak on a Sunday. And Matt, I haven't spoke to you for a couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, this is a great concept that I've basically, uh, as I said at the very start, stole from, from you, but uh, put it into Bristol City terms. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you have enjoyed this last sort of 10 minutes, then... If you listen to the beginning of our podcast, yeah, we like normally first, do this. First 20 minutes, half an hour of each podcast of yours. There's nothing wrestling. No, nothing at all. So, Matt, if you just join uh, in for no, the first 100%. half an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And as, soon so, as, they, as soon as they mention I don't know, <laughs> Dusty Roads, you can switch off. Yeah, just, just switch off at that point. <laughs> if, yeah. if you start talking yeah. about Thunderlips, then I'm, I'm all good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring my cousin up again, please. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Brilliant. Right. Brilliant. Okay. Thank you so much to to Andy and Thanks, Alan and. Walsh as well for yeah, his legend, cameo appearance. Um, this is going to be episode one of the. What we're going to call it? I'm just going to call it bonus show, and then Bristol Memories. City versus Hereford, yeah. and then put yeah. the date like I do usually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, a fast follower to this episode, we've got Jerry Tocknell coming up, and he's picked a really obscure game from the 80s, so uh, you'll look forward to that one. Uh, right, we'll be off now to uh, go and rock my Amadeus, yeah. I think. Watching um, Love Island. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Love Island. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't watch Love Island. Yeah. <laughs> Def- definitely going to go and watch that now. Just yeah. to see when Michael Owen gets brought up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, conversation, if nothing else. Right. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Don't forget to follow us Thank on you Twitter at 3PIAPC. Cheers for now. On Bristol City, on Bristol City, on Bristol City, way up the lead, you nearly blew.